guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show. And today is episode number nine. A job is a short-term solution to a long-term problem. Oh my God, I love this. This is what he said in this quote. And he said this, after he said this, he said, you know what? Most people have only one problem in mind, right? The bill's at the end of the month. That's it. That is all. He says the tar baby. So money controls their lives. Or should I say the fear and ignorance about money controls it. So they do as their parents did. They get up every day and go to work for money. Not taking the time to ask the question, is there another way? Their emotions now control their thinking, not their heads. That's pretty interesting, huh? So think about it. My family, my mom used to work at Savon Drugs in the pharmacy. My father was absolutely outside of his mind. He was just a security guard over there at Silver Nugget. This was in North Las Vegas from like in the 90s. And for some reason, all the time, my father ended up buying a new car in 1996. I'm like, woo, we have a new car. But yet we couldn't pay the water bill. We couldn't pay this bill. We couldn't pay that bill. And I know my mom was possibly doing everything she possibly could. But for some reason, my father was putting money in other places we had no idea. Of course, probably drugs. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Because they would get up every day, do the same thing, expecting a different outcome. And so I thought about it, guys. And this is what I'm going to talk about in brief before I go into everything else. I said, you know what? I have an economy around me. And I do believe if I just develop an idea and I do this and I do that, things are going to start happening. I believe that they will. And so I said, okay, Arsenio, first and foremost, it was a couple of students who flirted with the idea. And I remember recall, probably back in November, my student was like, hey, can you meet me at Starbucks at this place? Uh, okay, we're going to learn here, do this, do that. I said, okay. Now, the thing is, I waste probably an hour going there, and I waste probably $1.50 going there and $1.50 coming back. In total, I waste probably, what, what, again, like 30, 40 minutes going there. So I waste somewhere, you know, between an hour, hour and a half at tops um, commuting. And then I said all of a sudden, after she renewed for the second one and her sister renewed for the second package, you know, for some more test preparation stuff, they were like, hey, do you do this online? I was like, yeah, absolutely. We could do this on Zoom. I normally do this with other people, too. So I started teaching them online, realized that it was far better than teaching them in person. See, we're never going to have a specific, like a little seating area where it's not as loud. See, where I was teaching them, there was music in the background. There was this, there was that. There was people sitting over here and I was getting, you know, thrown off by all the distractions. But when you are in front of a monitor, I said, oh my God. I said, man, I worked literally some, from 7.30 to 9 p.m. If I do this outside, I'm losing. I'm losing probably $2.05 traveling, which isn't much, but I'm just saying. I'm losing five hours traveling. I'm making less money. And remember, that $5, based on the money that they actually even give me for the full-time job I have, it didn't make any sense. But then I said, man, if I stay home and work from 7.30 to 9, and I make this money, and at 9 p.m., I'm home, and that's it. Holy shit, that's a winner, isn't it? So then a couple of other students came. They said, you teach online? I said, yeah, yeah, I absolutely do. Started teaching them, boom, just like that. One's interested, of course, sometime this month she's going to be paying her package. The other one had already paid his package. Next thing you know, I reached out to some of my previous students, and one of the girls, 
beautiful, ultra gorgeous girl. Uh, you know, she is like, what, 26, 27 years old, works at a very, very good job. Um, and she's like, hey, Arsenio, and I heard her English. I'm like, fuck me. Your English went right down the drain. What happened? She's like, well, I don't practice it anymore. You know what? I would love to learn business English with you. I said, okay. I said, check this out. But she's like, where do you work? Do you work in Changwatana? I'm like, oh, dude, that's a fucking horrible area, and I would never go down there. I'd waste two hours going there, two hours coming back, right? That doesn't make any sense. And I said, listen, I wouldn't even want you to invest money into that place rather than you, you could just invest money in with me, and you're paying directly through me. I said, let's do this. Give this a try because you live way out there. You live about what? You live by car one hour, you know, and that's with no traffic. With traffic, you're an hour, hour and a half to two hours. And you're living all the way on the other side of town. I said, you know what? Let's try this online. Let's see if we can do some online. I said, here's my calendar. She's like, okay, awesome. Book the Calendly. Okay. So there we go. That's five students. Not only that, I created another economy. And again, guys, keep in mind, I'm getting paid way more than what my job here, my full-time job, work permit job gives, gives me over here. So then I said, you know what? One morning I woke up, I said, let me look for something online. Let me see, because I'm in these groups. These groups, there's a lot of weird people who are saying, oh, I want an English-speaking partner and this and that. It's just a lot of weird stuff because next thing you know, they end up showing dick pics to these girls, and it's so sad. You know what I mean? A bunch of, you know, a lot of Middle Easterns, no offense to my Middle Eastern folks out there, just no dick pics, guys, all right? If you say you want to practice English, not practice, you know, rating somebody's dick pic. It's ridiculous, right? So nonetheless, I said, you know what? A lot of these groups are bogus as fuck on Facebook. Let me look for some more. So I looked for TOEFL. TOEFL is one of the big pre uh, test preparation courses I teach from. Boom, found a group, and I said, okay, let me check this out. There's a lot of rampant posts every day. A lot of real people actually giving real responses. I said, oh, shit, this could be a real group. So I started posting my thing. I said, hey, guys, man, I got this guide. I got this guide that you might like. Boom, got a message within one hour from someone from Vietnam. They said, oh, my God, do you have a guide? I, I sent him that, sent him some podcasts and said, hey, if you would like to have a free hour, one-hour coaching, a free one-hour coaching – so I can evaluate and tell you what you need to work on. We can do that. She's like, oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Boom. A guy from India. Next day, eight people from eight different countries. Today, another five. You see what I mean? Not only that, but the engagement on my post on my ESL page on Facebook, like I told you guys about, with the whole podcasting and doing all that stuff, has gone up significantly. What would be only like 40 reach with probably like one engagement is now up to 150 with about 10 to 15 engagements. People are communicating with me. I even got a request button saying, oh, someone requested more information about this post. I said, holy shit. See, this is, this is a dream come true. This is what I've always wanted. And you know what? Because with the Facebook page, I can attach documents. I can even charge them money. Like I'm like, hey, do you, would you like to do this and do that? Yeah, sure. Okay, how many hours? Okay, here, boom. Now, that's all going to come. Remember, guys, jab, 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 right hook. Now, me, I jab, 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 jab. I did the right hook. The right hook was another free version saying, hey, I could coach you for free for one hour. Now, I'm not going to say get tell you about any paying services or this or that. None of that right now. I'm going to show you my capabilities. Then I want to show you that I could deliver results. And then, therefore, yes, you will end up possibly purchasing a course with me. See, guys. It's completely different from what I used to do for such a long time here. I would chase the money. At the beginning of the last year, I was at a loss. 
January, February, March, April. I'm over here looking for jobs and looking for this and looking for that. And little did I know, man, I could have done a lot of things online. And then it was people coming to me. You know, remember I told you that I actually did some voiceover training. And, you know, you know, for a half hour, it was like, you know, quite expensive because that's what I do now. It's like $100 an hour. So, guys, you know, I was talking to one of the trainers at the at the gym I work out at. And, you know, he was telling me, damn, so you're going to be able to just stay at home and work at home. I said, yeah. You know, again, I love to get out, but I only want to get out for the big high price tickets. You know what I mean? So when this specific project ends up finishing at the bank and I get sole proprietor, you know, I get sole possession of that project. My, that is going to go up 100% per hour. And yes, that is a high ticket. So yeah, I like doing that. Again, got to fulfill the requirements of my work permit job. But if they don't have work, they don't have work. And I'm not going to sit around waiting for someone to give me work anymore. That does It doesn't work that way. Now, if people come to me, hey, we got a workshop. Hey, we got this. Hey, we got that. Hey, we got a workshop. Okay, book it out. Okay, I book you out. Okay, all good. Okay, I'm going to book this out. I'm going to book that out. All good. You see what I mean? I'm telling you guys. You got to think – and you guys all have this ability. You really do. You have the ability to do something way outside the box, but it's just something needs to go off in your head. See, this went off in my head uh, when I got off the elevator. It was one after another within 45 seconds from that elevator to my door. I'm like – you know, I'm over here with my hand like in the middle of the hallway. Luckily, there was no one there, but I was kind of like making a circle like, oh, shit, I can do that. Then do that, then do that. Oh, shit. And then I realized, oh, shit, is there anyone looking? Okay, no, good. No one's looking. Because I was thinking outside, I, I had another massive light bulb go off. These come very often now because I train my mind. So you got to start training your mind. That's what we're going to get into right now. See, the richest businessman. In 1923, there was a group of the greatest leaders, right? Richest businessman out there in Edgewater Beach at a hotel in Chicago. Among them, you had Mr. Charles Schwab. Okay, obviously the head of the largest independent steel company in America at the time. Then you had Samuel Insel, the president of the world's largest utility. You had Howard Hobson, the head of the largest gas company. And then Avar Kruger, president of an international match company. One of the world's largest companies at that time, Leon Frazier, president of the Bank of International Settlements. Richard Whitney, president of the New York Stock Exchange. Arthur Cotton and Jesse Livmore. Two of the biggest stock speculators. And Albert Fall, a member of the President Harding's car, uh, cabinet. I'm telling you. 25 years later, we had seven people. 25 years later, nine of those titans. Oh, I guess there were ten. But nine of those titans ended their lives as follows. Charles Schwab, he died penniless after living for five years on borrowed money. Insul died broke in a foreign land. Oh, that happens so often here in Thailand. It really, it really breaks my heart. I do have empathy for a lot of the Caucasians. Um, and again, a lot of you are like, wait, it's just not – there are no Indians. There are no people of color who are over the age of 40 or 50 living in this country. It's just Caucasians. They sell everything back home or they go through a ruthless divorce. They come here. They want to marry a woman. They want to build a house, and then she ends up stripping them of everything. And a lot of them buy penny. They just die penniless in a foreign land. It just scares the shit out of me, you know. And Cougar and Cotton, they also died broke. Hobson, he went insane. Whitney and Albert fell. They were released from prison. And then Fraser and Livmore, they committed suicide. See, 
I doubt if anyone can say what really happened to those men. But if you look at the date, 1923, it was just before the 1929 market crash and the Great Depression. Right? That obviously had the greatest impact on those men and their lives. The point is this. Today we live in times of greater and faster change than these men did. Right, there are going to be a hell of a lot more booms and busts as the coming years. Okay, the parallel, the ups and downs that those men face, we're probably we're going to be facing at a triple to quadruple rate. You see what's happening right now. So how can you protect yourself? See, too many people are too focused on money and not on their greatest wealth, their education. I'm not talking about what you get in school. That's bullshit. I'm talking about financial literacy. See, if people are prepared to be flexible. Keep an open mind and learn. See, they will grow richer and richer despite all the bullshit changes. If they think money will solve problems, they will have a rough ride. See, intelligence solves problems and produces money. Money without financial intelligence is money soon gone. Remember I told you about the guys who win the lotteries out there in America? Yeah, the Powerball. Yeah, my brother posted in the comments saying, yeah, he was just keeping it real in terms of buying cocaine because the news lady, the news reporter, had asked him. No, it's the fact that he is not financially literate. See, what are you going to do with all that money? I can tell from your response, I'm just going to buy cocaine, that all your money from that post back in 2016 is now gone and you are homeless again. <laughs> Boom! Money soon, money gone. That's a damn shame, isn't it? So think about it. A lot of people are like, hey, so where do I get started? Tell me how to get rich quick. Tell me how to get rich quick. Guys, there's no quick way to get rich. So too many fucking Ponzi schemes and schemes out there in general who say, yeah, you could join this and do this. And you see a lot of those bullshit Instagrammers. I report them all the time. Anytime they like my photo or do this or do that, I immediately report them. And I say, uh, yeah. Uh, fuck that. We're not going to be doing this. And you know what? If you do this, you do, you know what I mean? You ain't going to be on my profile, liking my shit or viewing my story saying that, Hey, you know, click on this link in my profile so I can earn $1 from an affiliate. Mm -mm. Guys, there's no such thing. Anytime someone asks Robert Kiyosaki that they're always disappointed by his answer. He simply says, he says, if you want to be rich, you need to be financially literate. And from a quote, he said, that idea was drummed into my head every time we were together. My educated dad stressed the importance of reading books, while my rich dad stressed the need to master financial literacy. See, guys, if you're going to build the Empire State Building, the first thing you need to do is dig a deep hole. And pour that strong foundation. See, if you're going to build a home in the suburbs, all you need to do is pour a six-inch slab of concrete. Most people and their drive to get rich are trying to build the Empire State Building on a six-inch slab. That's the problem with society right now. See, guys, I got some – these are some things. These are, this is some hard truths that I'm giving you right now. But we're going to continue to dive deeper and deeper into this so you guys can understand further and further into what you really are. Yeah, a lot of people, those people who say get rich, uh, get rich quick, the same people that try sticking a goddamn stick into concrete. 
Okay, if they're not that dumb, they try sticking it into dirt. They deal probably they probably dig a let's say two to six inch of ruler stick, no more than one meter, probably like zero point three three met into the ground. Put that stick in there, cover it back up with the same useless ass soil, and they said, All right, man, I got a foundation. Wind comes by, that wind it represents the financial hardships, the financial times, the economy flipping over. That motherfucker just flips right down. You're like, oh my god, what happened? Yeah, people are still making the same mistakes of the 08, the 00, the 92, going all the way back, way, way back to the 1800s. So we got to figure out how to become financially literate. So keep on following me on these podcasts. I'm your host, as always, over and out.